And thanks for being with us today. Thanks especially for all the participation on the text line, the chat, some really interesting comments. Uh, Kyle Draper, I want to thank you. I mean, you could be much more insufferable than you've been. <laughs> on, if I'm being honest, I saw a meal today in the hallway, and he's like, oh, what was it like with Draper yesterday? And I said, luckily, we couldn't hear him. But other than that, thank the radio gods. <laughs> but I said no. I, you know, he was—he's—he's he's pretty. You know, he's got to enjoy his day in the sun a little bit. But uh, appreciate that you've been, for the most part, kind of even, even-handed with all that. Uh, I know you guys sabotaged me yesterday. That's okay. <laughs> I expected it. I, I truly expected it, especially from Jay. Jay's behind the boards. Jay's controlling everything as the producer. I'm sure he was cutting my mic left and right, potting me down. These things happen. So people couldn't hear me and everything. <laughs> I but just I went straight what, to the power source. I, 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 I tell you what, though. Everything I would have said yesterday, I'm saving up for today. So your boy is uh, ready. I, you know, it's funny. I'm looking at the uh, text line, and, and I love reading the text line yeah. because somebody from the 916 said, can we please just move on to talk about the Kings? I'm tired of getting kicked went down, still sick about the loss. Uh-uh, Niners fans, I ain't letting y'all go that easy. No, we're going to milk this for the whole week. I, I I had to go the last six weeks of the regular season with this uh, Eagles hate. Y'all at least got to give me a week to gloat, right? Yeah, but that's that old you made your bed, now get in and stuff. You know, it's not like you were like, hey, guys, I like the Eagles. And, oh, people are being so mean to me. You know, that's not exactly what happened. Uh, but oh, we'll 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 come back around to it. Right. I thought it was interested. I was interested in Jay's reaction to the notion that the 49ers are the are the Jazz of, of the modern NFL. You know where I'm going there, right? I know where I'm, you're going. Yeah. Is, this, is Jay okay with yeah. that? No, I'm not. I, no, I'm gonna let Whitey explain let Whitey it for set everybody. It up. Yeah, set it exactly. up first, Whitey. Go well, ahead. You know the Jazz, Stockton, Malone, 97, 98. That was a great team. And they ended up they couldn't get over the hump because they had to play Michael and 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 the Bulls twice. And so yep. maybe, you know, I was reading today, hey, this 49ers are a really good team, maybe the most talented team they've had in many, many years, and and they can't get past Patrick Mahomes. So maybe it's just a matter of, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT in this case, and the 49ers just their timing was bad. How about that? So they're they're the Utah Jazz in that sense, Jay. No, I I don't believe it because they've had other opportunities. You know, the, the Kaepernick-led 49ers, yeah, yeah. the Alex Smith-led 49ers, the Jimmy Garoppolo-led 40. You know, like, they've had too many opportunities to cross the threshold where, yeah. in reality, the Jazz only had a few times and they met, you know, Jordan yeah. Pippen and, yeah. And, yeah. and so on and so forth. The Zen Master or the 49ers, yeah. they've had every opportunity over the last 15 years to cash in on a championship, and they just haven't. Yeah, and the other difference is, you know, the, the Jazz – and they played well, but I neither one of those series even went seven, right? No, I think yeah. they all both won six. Yeah. yeah. So, right. yeah. but the 49ers had a chance. I mean, they went to overtime both those games. It's not like they were outclassed. They, you know who they are. Should have won both. You know who they are, guys. And this is going to age myself. This is going to date me. And I apologize to our listeners under 30 years old. They're the Susan Lucci of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, you, you, y'all remember exactly who I'm talking about, right? She was, was like up for all the awards. The Emmys and, or yeah, something. She, yeah. The Emmys and could she like never a, win. <laughs> she, she was on like General Hospital. General Hospital <laughs> or something. <laughs> but that, you see what I'm saying, though. Yeah, great team, great franchise, great actress, well-respected yeah. in her profession, <laughs> in her craft, and every year they don't, she doesn't win it. When is Susan Lucci going to get one? 
That's how it feels with the Niners. When are the Niners going to get one? They've been there time and time and time again. When are they going to get one? I'm looking it up now, but she was literally nominated like 14, 15 times before she cashed in, right? Right? (laughs) At least not that bad. And the 49ers have, and it's the distant past now. It's 30 years ago, but at least they have won something. So it's not that bad. Uh, yet, anyway, but it is interesting. That we was talk- a good one. Though. Yeah, that, you got to admit that was pretty good. Eh, that was. It was. Good. It was Can you guys good. name which what uh, drama she was on? I thought she was on Days of Our Lives. Nope. No, Drake. No, she got she one. On, hold on, Susan Lucci was on. Ah, she was on the entire network run from 1970 to 2011. Was she on YNR? Nope. 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 No, what? it was General Hospital, bro. Nope. All my children. Oh, I was going to say one. Uh, life to live. I was, uh, say to live. I, was a, uh, I used to like uh, soap operas back in. the Do day. they still come on? There's one. That's a dumb question. They still I, come on. No, right? Young Not and like the Restless is still on, and I think Bold and the Beautiful is still on. Ah. I think those might be the. I don't, I don't know why Whitey's laughing, bro. I had no idea, and you're like, like you're, you're on you're, it. You're offending yeah. me right now, man. Growing up in Philadelphia, when I used to go to Nana's house after school, uh-huh. dude, Big she mama. used to have a guiding light on every day after school. So your boy was tortured. I had to be in the soap opera. Okay, look, she was nominated 21 times for the Daytime Emmy Award for Did Outstanding Lead one? Actress in Drama Series. She won one time mm. on the 19th nomination. And they said she could never do it. She could Goodness. never win the big right, one. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. So, yeah, that, that's that's my comparison right there. All right. All right. Yeah, it's not as bad as uh, as it could be. But, you know, it's just interesting that the 49ers, who were all about for years and years and years, drapes, as you know, it's like we win Super Bowls, we win Super Bowls. Right. Now it's been 30 years and they've lost three in a row. And now you got to go, wait a minute, something's not right here. But um, No, it's, it's like the Celtics of the NBA, right? You yeah. Know, you got tradition and history and mm-hmm. everything. But what have you done for me lately? You mm-hmm. know, it's think about it. I mean, there's a whole, you know, section of uh, NFL fans, a, a whole generation of NFL fans who view Patrick Mahomes, who view the Patriots as the marquee franchises, you know, not necessarily the Cowboys and the uh, 49ers. I do think Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And I know he hasn't won mm-hmm. as much as Brady. And so, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, gauge it measure it that way there there's no comparison but still Mahomes is like I've never seen anyone like Mahomes I don't well, know, I, you know there's just yeah. never been anyone quite like I, him. I think there's two conversations that could be had about this too and, and I agree with you who's the best player versus who had the greatest career like Brady's had the greatest career but if you were telling me right now Brady in his prime versus Mahomes in his prime That'd be a tough choice. I, I might, I might go Pat Mahomes. I would almost always take the more recent player because that's yeah. the way it's supposed to go. There's the evolution of you know in all sports, and this guy was great. Twenty years later, there's a guy similar. He's probably better than the guy twenty right. years earlier. You know, and that, that's the way it's supposed to be. Are we doing um, that with LeBron and Jordan too, or no? Okay. I don't know. <laughs> but by your, a that's lot a of good question. Say, yeah, right. A lot but of see, people yeah. would say yeah. Yeah. Right. That exactly that, you know, could Jordan still be the man today like he was 30 years ago? I, in today's NBA, where you take 10 11 threes a game, where guys are bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, the whole knock about Jordan's career is he was hitting shots over Craig Elo and Mark Price, you know? I don't know. That's that's, that's I didn't a, even know uh, there was a knock on Jordan's career. Oh, for yeah. sure. For <laughs> Other sure, than what man. happened in Washington. <laughs> 
yeah, no, I I think you know that the LeBron stands. That's their that's their argument. Well, he did it against you know Mark Price and guys Craig Elo and stuff, people like that. Like, yeah, but he and I know you're not saying that. No, I'm not. But the argument to that is he did it at a time when you could like hit a guy over the head with a tire iron yeah. in in play, you know, and it was legal. It was a little more physical then. You could right. shoot a guy in the leg, and it was like, play on, play on. <laughs> isn't, the, isn't the other argument to Jordan, and I'm not a Jordan, when I say I'm not a Jordan guy, I respect who he is. I, You know, if you say he's the greatest, I'm not arguing that back. But I think if we're in a banter and you're saying that and I'm saying, like, no, he's not, The other, I think the other argument you hear quite a bit is it took him, he needed help to do it. And Nine times out of ten, he doesn't get like Pippen and the Horace Grants and the Robins and all those guys. They don't get the accolades. And most people are like, well, look, his first six years, he couldn't win nothing. Well, you're right. He needed when assistance. He, when he went away after his first, you know, they won three championships. He went yeah. away. They won 55 games yeah, without Yeah, they went him. to the without Eastern him. Conference Championship. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I do think that whole thing, oh, it was just him. I agree with you, Jay. Um, he had to wait for Bird and, and Magic and Kareem to retire to, for him to finally, you know, cross over the through, threshold. Yeah. I will take a quick timeout when we come back. Yeah, Wemby with a bizarre, well, an unusual anyway, triple-double. And what does it mean for uh, Sabonis' streak? And can he keep that going tonight against Phoenix? When we come back, Drive Guy Sackdowns. Yeah, I got a little message in the bottle for you. Uh, it says the Kings are taking on the Suns tonight. There's another message in here, Kyle Draper. Victor Wembanyama last night with a triple-double, his second triple-double. Uh, he had... Ten blocks, one of those unusual triple-doubles involving blocks, and he's the first guy with ten blocks and five assists playing under 30 minutes. So what do you make of what <laughs> Wemby did last night against the Toronto Raptors? He, he is out of this world. Victor Wembyama, I mean, you know, Chet Holmgren's having a great season, a rookie season, but Victor Wembyama is clearly the rookie of the year. And, you know, he's the one player in this game right now and in the past, we've had other guys that could do this. But he's the one player that can dominate a game without scoring a point. Ten blocks last night. That's unheard of. And, of course, he does give you the offensive package, 27 points, 14 rebounds to go along with that. And this guy is a unicorn. Uh, he's something we've never seen before, like the combination of offensive skill and the ability to block shots like he does. This will not be his last no. triple double with blocks. I mean, I, it's going to happen again. I he's mean, going to get a quad, huh? Right. He's going to get a quad. A hundred percent. Like yeah. he's going to be, you know, Akeem Olajuwon back in the day got one. Remember, he had mm -hmm. he had a game with with steals. I thought it was that game or something like that. Like he's Wimbyama is in that category, and you know, I just hope. You know the Spurs surround him with talent. Yeah, like, you know, like I understand they're coming along slowly, slowly building and things like that. But look at them this off season; they're going to be a major factor, whether it's by trade, drafts, whatever. I think you know if I'm San Antonio, I'm not slow playing this Victor Wembanyama situation. I'm surrounding him with talent right now. You can't because you don't know how long you'll have him. Right? You right. may only have him five years. You could exactly. decide to get rid of him. I wouldn't imagine. Can't imagine you would, but. He may leave after his uh, contract's up, so you got to make the most of it. He had a, to the point you just made about, we'd never seen anything like it. He had a dunk last night where my brain couldn't fathom what had happened because I think, you know, he was like too far from the basket. So he's yeah. like standing out at the bottom of the circle 
And then he turns and dunks it. And I was like, you can't, you can't do that. That's not physically possible. But those are the types of things he does. No, it's anywhere near the basket, the dotted yeah. line or whatever. Yeah. He just, you know, he doesn't have to jump either way. He just reaches up. I mean, this guy, you know, we talked so much over the years about LeBron living up to, to the hype. Victor Wimbiyama is living up to the hype Exceeding as a rookie it. so mm-hmm. far. Exceeding it. Exactly. You know, the only downside for this guy is he's not surrounded with talent just yet. Can you imagine having a matchup with this guy in a seven-game series in a few years when he's really figured it out, when his body has really developed? I mean, this guy is going to be a monster. And he, uh, like I said, he changes the game on both ends of the floor. And, and, and in my opinion – the only guy in the NBA that can dominate a game defensively. I think in some ways you could argue they kind of wasted this year. Easy for me mm-hmm. to say, but, you know, we, we've seen in some of the great rookies in NBA history, they come in and they have an impact and their teams are good. And we've never seen a rookie like him. And yet this team is, eh, and they do have some talent. Did you see Devin Vassella behind the back pass he threw last night from the corner and he hit Wemby? No. It was, yeah. So, I know they don't have enough talent, but I kind of wonder why they don't. I mean, <laughs> they're yeah. kind of wasting this, but it is, it's incredible. Now, how about uh, Domas, speaking of triple doubles, yeah. uh, four triple doubles across six games in February, a span in which he's averaging 19.8 points, 14 rebounds, and 10.5 and assists per game. Do the Kings, with Fox hobbled, do they need maybe more scoring from Domas? I don't think so. I mean, you just rattled off the stats. This dude's been doing it all for this uh, Kings team all season long. And, I, you know, I don't think scoring has been the issue. I, I think it's the defense. Like, And I think Domas has given all he can. Now, to your point, do they need to run some more things from him for him? I'm looking at his uh, game log right now, Whitey. 14 shots last game. Nine shots the game before that. 17 before that. Then nine, then eight. He needs to be double-digit field goal attempts every single game. I know he's an unselfish player, but they got to feed that guy and feature that guy a little more in terms of – and he needs to be more selfish too. Like, I, I don't – he's getting his touches. He just needs to be more selfish. And yeah. with, like you said, Fox struggling a little bit offensively, sure. But I think they need more from Keegan Murray. I think they need more, you know, uh, from Kevin Herter here lately at the last week or so. I, I don't think Doma's scoring numbers I'm worried about. I think they need to avoid those stretches where the half-court offense just stops. You know, it's there's a number of ways you can look at it. What's wrong with the offense? Why isn't it as good as last year? We know that they could get out and run more. We know Monty said that. And we saw, we've saw we seen glimpses of that, especially against Denver. And, and I think we've, we've all commented and noticed that there are times when – it's, you know, ball goes into the post, then it's out to a shooter, and he's going to shoot it. And you get a lot of standing, um, you know, and they need to get more more motion, more cutting when the offense is stagnating like that. And I think that's a bigger issue than any one player needing to take more shots. No, you're right about that. You're, you're right. It's, it's not about that. It's about the stagnated yeah, offense, yeah. stagnant offense. Playing with know? pace in the half court. Right, in the half court. And, you know, how many times have we seen the Kings? Domas gets it at the foul line, and he's just waiting, just waiting for guys to cut, move, do something. And we see the frustration from him at times as well. And so, no, I'm with you on that. You know, a lot of times people think pace is just getting out and running fast break. No, pace is actually, you know, moving on offense, being aggressive on offense, you know, being sharp with your cuts. And so, 
That, that's uh, you're you're 100% right. That's something the Kings have to improve on. I wonder though, because we had the article with Sam Amick uh, about a month or two ago about how they feel like their needs are offensive. Yeah. Have they just sort of become resigned to the fact that you know what our defense is what it is, and it's not going to get better. Some nights it'll look okay, other nights not so much, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, let's be realistic. How can you expect for much more? They've improved from, what were they last year, 20-something, 24th were they? I'm sorry, I don't remember, but they're up to 19th now, which when you look at that, that's like, okay, that's an improvement, but they're still not good. So how much, you know, they're better than last year and they're still not good enough other than stretches here or there. Yeah, so how but, realistic yeah. is it to think, to your point, that they can, oh, they can still, you know, become a real button-down defensive team between and, now and the end of the year? And, too, Whitey, you didn't make any changes right. to address that need. So, basically, you're running it back with the same guys, expecting them to all of a sudden become a better defensive team, and it's not, it doesn't work like that. Now, if you went out and, and made some trades and brought in some 3 and D guys, okay. But this is the same unit, basically, that we saw a year ago. And for us to, you know – not us, but, you know, Monty yeah, and right. Mike Brown to expect them to be all of a sudden a better defensive team, uh, I, I, I don't think they can be. Now, if I'm a Kings fan and I look at what the Suns are doing and they brought in Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus, uh, yeah. and they made the Royce O'Neal trade and there's reports, which may or may not be true, that they're talking to Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari. This is a team that's just barely ahead of me and my team is saying, no, we're good. And a team that's ahead of us already that already has Duran and Booker and Beal, they're trying to upgrade. So would I have a right to be upset by that if I'm a Kings fan? Um, I think so. I, I think when you look at it, you know, it, it's it's like trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know. You're at home hanging out on your block. You know, your mom and dad, they work hard. They provide food on the table. Then you look next door and you see young Johnny with a new playground set, a new swing set mm-hmm. hanging out in his backyard. That's what it is. The Phoenix Suns got the nice fancy new toys and we got our same old guys and Mm -hmm. our parents are telling us be patient let me (laughs) save up a little more money wait till you know the bonus check comes in then i'll take care of you and so as a kings fan yeah but at this point of our season and at this stage of our rebuild and at this stage of our growth the mantra that we trust in monty mcnair we got to stick with that right now monty's got us to this point you know let's give him some more time that's why I mentioned this offseason, to me, is extremely important for the Sacramento Kings. You didn't do anything at the trade deadline. You didn't do much at last year's uh, offseason. This season, you got to do something, right? Mm-hmm. You got to beef up the team some way, somehow. Uh, we'll get back to the Kings' bottom of the hour. Brendan Nunes is going to join us. But when we come right back, the Niners' championship window is still open, but maybe only for one more year. Next with the drive, guys. Sacktown Sports. Kyle Draper, did you get to see uh, any of uh, Usher? I know that you were in Oklahoma City and you had some issues with the with the satellite uh, feet. I, I saw it. I didn't get to actually hear it, though. I mean, don't get me started on the setup there in uh, <laughs> Oklahoma City. That was, it was probably, how should I put this? The Kings have been great. Everything's been great. Yeah. I love working for them. But, man, that hotel and to have the storm come through and DirecTV go out during the Super Bowl. And then, you know, we started streaming it from somebody's laptop. And you know how it is, Whitey. Yeah. You saw it yesterday with me 
on our radio show. It's all glitchy and everything. It, it looked like it was like Tron from 1980. Remember that uh, movie Tron? I Back at, you know, it was all digital. It was like Atari 2600 uh, version of uh -huh. uh, the, the halftime show. So I didn't really get to witness it like I wanted it to, man. Your references today are out of control. Tron, <laughs> Susan Lucci. <laughs> You're killing me, man. You're killing I'll me. I'll bet our next guest has never seen Tron. I, I could be wrong. Our there was a remake, actually. <laughs> oh, there oh, was. Huh? Okay. Our Sackdown Sports uh, Kings insider, Brendan Nunes. Brendan, there's no wrong answer here. We're not trying to put you on the spot. Have you ever seen Tron? I think I've seen the remake because, yes, there was a more recent one. And honestly, probably didn't even know it was, that it was a remake. <laughs> Good for you. You're, a, you're an honest lad. Um, hey, any chance of the Kings pursuing a player on the, on the buyout market, which I know you wrote about at SackdownSports.com? Yeah, I mean, Our I think there's some, inter is the some interesting guys. Obviously, uh, bringing Keon up to that full standard NBA contract kind of makes it not very likely that Kings would then have to get rid of one of their own guys, waive one of their current guys. I think that in my mind, like Kessler Edwards, for example, um, but there's guys like Devise Bertans or Fournier or Joe Harris, Marcus Morris, um, you know, nobody that really stands out over the top to me though. And I think that if they do like this group, just sticking with it could make this could make some sense. I, I thought that, Maybe they would wait a few days because I believe they had two, three more games and that Keon still had two-way eligibility mm. to convert him. Mm -hmm. But I think that kind of the fact they did so quickly probably means they feel good on the buyout market. Hmm. Brendan Nunez joining us. Uh, Brendan, Whitey raised, raised a good point um, last segment about Phoenix and, and some of the moves they're making, uh, going out there and getting a guy you like Royce O'Neal. Yep. Yeah. We got, you got you. us. Yeah. Going out there and getting uh, okay, Royce yeah, O'Neal. Um, yeah, I think that uh, that probably makes sense for the buyout market there. I, I think that Keon kind of filling that spot probably really fills, um, takes them out of the buyout market. You know, they could make way with someone like Kessler, but for the most part, no name out there gets too much of my attention. Maybe like a Joe Harris would be uh, the one that really I would consider. Hey, can you can you hear me okay, Brendan? Yeah, I hear you now. Okay, can you can, hear drapes? Can, can you hear, hear drapes? I cannot. That oh, might be the issue. There we go. Yeah. Uh, as we line that up, I'll just relay the question. Drapes was saying, you know, uh, if you're a Kings fan, how do you how do you how do you square up the fact that the Kings are doing nothing while the Suns a team ahead of you? They are making some moves. There's even reports they're interested in uh in Danilo Gallinari. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, that's okay. Sorry about that audio issue. Yeah, I think that um, you know, they're kind of in different timelines a little bit in my mind. I, I think that Phoenix is a little bit more in all in right now with their trio. They don't have very many other moves, you know, that come down the line. Like I, I still think the Kings are one big move away. And I, I think that Phoenix kind of has all their chips on the table and are just trying to use these fringe pieces to keep keep improving. So um, I, I see why it could be frustrating, but I kind of think that the timelines are just a little bit different with these two franchises. Hey, Brendan Drapes, can you hear me now, man? No, apparently not. No, no. Yeah. Uh, that still, one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. And Drapes, we, uh, we can find no reason why he wouldn't be able to hear you, but obviously, obviously he can't. So let me forge ahead here and we'll try to, we'll try to uh, get that squared away. As far as, you know, tonight's game, Brendan, in the West, every game is so important, we know, but now you got, you got tie breaking 
um, you know, possibilities here, overtures. How, how important is this game tonight, frankly? Yeah, I mean, the tiebreaker that you mentioned, I think, is the big standout, right? These teams are obviously very close in the standings with Phoenix being up half a game, sitting there at six. And I think the important thing to close out this season is for the Sacramento to remain in that top six. You really want to avoid the play-in. I, I think that, you know, in postseason basketball, the better team wins more often than not. But when it comes into play-ins and single-game elimination, you really never know what can happen. Somebody can shoot great. Um, or, you know, on the opposite end of that. So you definitely want to be able to win this tiebreaker, and the Kings would do that by winning this game. Um, so definitely pretty important here. Phoenix is also rolling, and I think that taking some good momentum into the all-star break with wins over Denver and Phoenix, if you can pull this off, even if there's that uh, not great loss to OKC mixed in the middle, I, I think you could feel pretty good going into all-star break here. Brendan Nunes is with us here, our Sackdown Sports Insider. Brendan, in your opinion, what's up with De'Aaron Fox and what should be done about it? Yeah, you know, I think that um, I, I still got to go back and look at the numbers and plan on doing that after this game. But I, this feels like the type of, the time of year where he kind of always is maybe slows down a little bit. I, I think that, you know, there's little things, whether it be his shoulder or ankle um, and little things that kind of just add up for players around this time of season. And we're really at the dog days, obviously final game before the all-star break. And I, I think that this break probably will be pretty helpful for De'Aaron. I'm, I'm honestly interested to see how he bounces back after this. And I'm kind of willing to write off these last couple games to um, it really just, again, being those dog days. And I don't think that's a good excuse. I think that's something that needs to be improved if he's going to continue to develop to the next caliber of player and flirt with that superstar conversation. The consistency all year long is going to be important. Um, but I'm kind of expecting a bounce back after this all-star break. And hopefully, you know, one game left, he can bring that tonight as well. Do we want to try drapes again here? See if uh... we can yeah. try. All right. Go ahead and give it a shot there, drapes. Brendan, can you hear me now? No, he cannot. No, I, uh, I feel like I'm in a spring commercial nothing. here or yeah. something. What, what is this? It's also possible, oh, yeah. Brendan. Yeah, it's also possible Brendan's a 49er fan. He's a good 49er <laughs> fan. That's possible, too. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> it is true, yeah. Brendan, here's here's a silly one for you, but I'm just curious. I have an answer to this uh, myself, but which player currently out of the rotation do you think is most likely to find himself back in for whatever reason? And I'm not asking you, you know, I'm not trying to criticize uh, the coach's rotation or anticipate anything going wrong, but of all the guys out of the rotation right now, which one do you think is most likely to somehow, some way find his way back into the rotation? Yeah. I mean, if Keon Ellis and Alex Len don't count, then I'd probably go, I, I kind of think Colby Jones. There we go. I think Tesler Edwards yeah. is right there too, but I'm a big Colby Jones fan. Me too. Yeah. I think there's some versatility, you know, and like if, if De'Aaron, I mean, we saw how he was kind of getting sat sometimes in favor of Davion and Keon yes, uh, in that last game against OKC, and you want another guard out there with some versatility, I mean, maybe try Colby a little bit. There we go. Uh, Brendan Nunes, our outstanding SackdownSports.com Kings Insider. Thank you, Brendan. Enjoy the game. We look forward to your coverage, and we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Uh huh. So sorry about that, Drapes. We're not sure what was going on there, but um, that's that. And I'm just delighted that <laughs> Brendan went with my answer to the theoretical. Hey, who out of the rotation is going to find his way back in? Kobe Jones, baby. I, I like that idea. You, you must have texted him nope. uh, before the interview. Or, or <laughs> you know what, though, Whitey? I'll tell you what. 
you know what? I agree with you. Wow. Kobe Jones traveling with the team. Why is he here if we're not going to see him? Uh-huh. You know, why, like he could be getting some work in down in Stockton. He could be getting reps down there. And so he's been on this uh, road trip uh, with the team so far. And so I'm with you. Why not? You know, but it's interesting, though. You just uh, converted, uh, gave Keon Ellis uh, a three-year contract. So are you telling me Kobe Jones will leapfrog Keon and Davion to get minutes? Is that what we're talking Like, I, I-, I would – I think he should get some minutes. Why is he here? But I, I do find it a little hard to believe he's going to leapfrog Davion and Keon Ellis. What do you think about that? Yeah, I see where you're going there. I think Colby, if he uh, can really find his game, I think he has a chance to be different enough from those two guys where, you know, I think he has a potential to be a much better offensive player than either one of those two. Maybe you right. disagree. It's interesting because uh, I know G-Man was talking about – I was talking to G-Man before the last game about – Colby Jones, and then G-Man was commenting during the game, you know, during the uh, garbage time, if you will, of that, that game against Denver. And, he, and G-Man says, I, I like Colby Jones just the way he carries himself. No, and he, there's something to be said about the fact he play. He doesn't look like a rookie out there. No, he doesn't. He, he looks like a veteran, a head, heady player, doesn't move too fast, doesn't get out of sorts. You know, uh, the effort is always there when he plays and. You know, with De'Aaron Fox struggling a little bit, and this is something we talked about yesterday and last week, you know, why not give Fox a break at some point? You know, why not let's see Colby Jones uh, get some minutes? And so let me, you know, the only pushback I would have, other than, like I said earlier, the Keon and the Davion situation is, are we at a point in the season where we can afford to experiment? No. For you know what I mean, like no. these games are so important right now. Right. If I'm Mike Brown, I'm going with the guys I know and trust. At least you know these last two games before the All Star break. Yeah, I agree with that. And again, I was just kind of saying, hey, for whatever reason, who's going to yeah. find their way? I wasn't saying, well, they right need to now, change tonight. things up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. But to right. me, with those three, and I think you can say this about a lot of, you know, two. Two, three type players, especially guys that are bigger guards in today's NBA, a young player. If you start making your threes, there's going to be minutes for you. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, if you start knocking down threes, which isn't easy, I know, but you're going to find minutes. No, you're right. And, you know, we understand Mike Brown's a defensive-minded coach, but shooting is such a premium in today's NBA because not only does it help the team in terms of scoring – and the scoreboard, it opens it up for other people as well. And having another scoring threat. And so you're right. That was the knock on Davion. Like, not yep. the knock, but, you know, hey, Davion, we want to play you, but if you can't knock down shots, we can't play you. He's been knocking down shots as yep. of late, and now we see he's getting more minutes. Yes. When we come back, we'll take a peek at the 49ers championship window. Is it still open? And Proud home of 49er football, right? Yeah. I know that things didn't go the way we hoped on Sunday, but what a great year, right, Kyle Draper? First year, Sacktown Sports is your home of the 49ers. What an unforgettable year. Yes. It has been a great year of Niners coverage. You know, the thing I like about it, too, obviously the team winning the Super Bowl is huge uh, for the fan base in the city of Sacramento and San Francisco. But I like the passion at which we discuss this team. You know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, whether it's Brock Purdy or Shanahan or like there's been tons of great discussions about this franchise. And I'll keep it real with you. If the Eagles aren't going to make it to the Super Bowl and win, 
from a business standpoint, having the Niners go on a great run, it's great for content for us and business for us. So what okay. a nice thing to say. Exactly. <laughs> See? I'm not all bad, man. I, I know y'all think I'm just some hater 24-7 or something like that. But your boy got a soft side, too. Real hate, man. That's like an art form. Yeah, it's a <laughs> drive guys with you. Kyle Draper in Phoenix. Uh, I'm here in Sacramento. Kyle, of course, getting ready for the uh, Suns and the Kings, although that is a nationally televised game. I was game. about to say, I ain't getting ready for anything, Whitey. Your boy's going to be chilling. Well, I I'm going to put you're my gonna feet be, up on yeah, the desk. You're gonna watch I don't the know, man. Yeah. I, I might go to the local bar next door or something like that. You know, they got a casino five minutes away. I might go uh, kill some time in a casino or something like that. I don't know what I'm gonna do during this game. Is Alice Cooper's restaurant still there? Cooperstown? I don't think it is. Is it? I don't. I don't know. I'm okay. not sure. All right, it was right. Alice Cooper. No, yeah. Walt says no. Hey, Walt. Walt Good says to see no. Walt. I used to. Oh, work you know with Walt, right? Yeah. Walt, you used Walt's to work my guy. With? Years ago. You hear that, Walt? He yeah. called him your guy. See. <laughs> Anytime, you. you know, anytime on the drive, guys, you say that's my guy. It's your guy. <laughs> it's your guy. <laughs> that's right. Hey, Whitey, right. you got Walt's phone number? Uh, I don't exactly. think Exactly. Then he's yeah. not your guy, then. <laughs> it's like me and Dominique. It's not your guy. Come on now. Could Come you on. get it for me? 339 uh, 1-800-920-1140. Wait, real quick, too, yeah. Whitey, with yeah. that being said, you if you text Walt and he texts you back, he's your guy. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I Dude, know. when I get back in studio, we're going to do that. Like, one week, who can you text? You know, every day we come up with somebody different. You know, who's the most famous person you can text that actually answers you back? I've been – it's been a while, but I've been to the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. Yeah. There's, like, a whole wing of guys, and that's not why they're there, but there's a whole wing of guys that never text back Kyle Draper. I mean, there's a whole <laughs> – <laughs> Ah, I see a how it whole, is, Whitey. A whole section. You, you, you uh, know what's there. messed up about this, Jay? <laughs> this is supposed to be the drive guys with Whitey and Drapes here. We supposed to be lock and step, got each other's back. <laughs> what happened to that? I see how it is. Mm. Uh, let's talk to Dale here on Sackdown Sports. Three three nine eleven forty one eight hundred nine two eleven forty. What's up, Dale? Hello, Dale. Are you there? All right, is that, uh, yeah, we're having some issues there with yeah. Dale. Sorry Dale about that. Dale don't want this smoke. Yeah. Dale don't want it. Yeah. He okay. ain't there. Yeah. Uh, here's a dang deal, not with Dale, but with the 49ers, Drapes. Um, you know, they're they're facing a little bit of a crunch salary cap-wise. Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan met with the media today and basically is like, yeah, we can win the big games. We haven't won the, the Super Bowl yet, but we will. That'll put that narrative to rest, and the coaches are – coming back and we want to win with this group here's where it gets tricky um they they have uh most of their stars under contract for next season to the 49ers but they're 43.96 million over next year's projected salary cap what they still got to figure out something with Ayuk. um so that's going to be their last year with yeah. purdy making rookie deal money yeah. so there's ways they can and they've done this for years kind of kick the can down the road Hey, uh, take less money now, more money down the road. And guys, okay, they're, they've been doing that. But see, the problem is 2025, Brock Purdy becomes eligible for an extension that will multiply his cap charge of $1.12 million up to, according to ESPN, up to 50 times over. Yeah. So that could mean at that point, the 49ers would have to make some very difficult decisions on some of those high-priced veterans who – a year from now, you know, you may be wondering whether they're worth all that money. So it looks like, long story short, the 49ers, for the most part, 
as we all, including Drapes, know them and love them, should be pretty much the same group next year. Of course, you got the Drake Greenlaw situation, fingers crossed, and there's always some turnover, um, and you got to figure out Ayuk. But after that, yes. once they got to pay Purdy, then there's probably going to have to be some changes. Yeah, I mean, when you look at uh, – let me ask you this, though. What happened to all that cap space they had? That was just for this year, and then, uh, you know, going into next year, it's all – it's all chewed up. It's all swallowed up. I, I thought they had tons of cap space mm-hmm. uh, still available. And, and you're, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's. A, and I'm not a capologist, but you yeah. know, I think part of it is you when you kick it down the roads like you have it short term, but then some of the bills, you know, it's kind of like pay, a you got to pay. I'm yeah, sure. like yeah. those balloon payments. Like we're okay right. now, but at some point, oh, right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And this Ayuk situation. I mean, how do you pay Ayuk? Do you pay him at, at number one receiver money? Uh, will he be happy if you don't? Um, you know, I, I look at, you know, what happened this uh, offseason and uh, going into training camp with Bosa, and, you know, Ayuk's a different player. Who knows what he's thinking? Or, but could that be an issue uh, as we get closer towards camp? You know, his situation. Mm-hmm. And if you're if you're Brock Purdy, we don't know if Brock's this kind of guy or not. You know, I'd say he's probably not, but – Dude's in line for a raise. I know he's still on his rookie contract, but he's the most underpaid player in all of football. And so if he had an agent or somebody like that in his ear saying, dude, they need to, you know, restructure your deal or something like that, he could play some hardball as well. And so there's a lot of question marks, I think, going into next season, man. Yeah, I think the Ayuk deal is going to be one of the stories of the offseason. Yeah. They're not my favorite stories, you know, but they are stories. And, uh, last year, as you said, it was Bosa, and I think wasn't um, Debo the year before that, and there was a yeah. lot of interesting overtones there because it looked like he wasn't happy, but they sorted that all out. To answer your question, bottom line on Ayuk, easy to say it's not my money, but I would give him a ton of money because he's a, an elite route runner, and he's vitally important to their offense, right. and you know whatever is anywhere near being within reason, to me, it's like they have to pay him. No, I'm I'm with you, and I just I, I look at all the positions they got to pay. You know, you, you sign Debo, yeah. CMC's a uh, big money, Trent Williams is, is big money as well, and so um, there will come a point. Fortunately, you do have, like you said, Brock Purdy on that rookie scale contract because that allows you right now to go out there and, and make these signings and make these acquisitions. But when that comes to roost in a year. You're talking $40, $50 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to see the 49ers try to find a receiver, you know, just a speed receiver. They've had them in the past, and they've kind of fallen out of favor, or they haven't been as productive as they could have been. But, you know, the old cliche is somebody can blow the top off right. the coverage. Right, And now they have guys that are bigger, rangier. Um, you can't press them as easily but they don't have those real speed guys. And I know Brock Purdy's not Dan Marino, so maybe it doesn't matter as much. But right, to me, right. that's just a nice piece to have if you have a receiver. And they have some good receivers, but if you had a receiver who's a real speed threat, that would be one upgrade to this roster I'd consider. No, you're right, because, you know, they got the, the short receivers. They got the intermediate routes. They really don't have a deep route. I know how you can go deep, but if you get a speedy receiver on this team, and I wonder too, guys, with the success the Niners have had, you know, and, and they were raised this point on ESPN earlier today, or it might have even been yesterday, with the Chiefs. Will veteran receivers, will veteran players take less to come be a part of it? 
if you you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like because the Niners are so close, can they go out there and get a veteran receiver or sign somebody ju- who would take less just to you know compete for a championship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's talk. Uh, I saw something yesterday that, and maybe it's just mostly speculation, but you know, Daniil Hunter from the yeah, yeah. Vikings because you Kyle Shanahan, that's the way he thinks is like quarterbacks and um, pass rushers. Those are your difference makers, you know. So yeah. I could see how the 49ers double down on that. And frankly, they did not get their money's worth out of all the money they invested in in their defensive front this year. No, but I don't right. think that's going to deter them from trying to beef up that area once again. Yeah, Hargrave, you know, I, I think was a disappointment as the season went on and, and got into the playoffs. You know, Randy Gregory was nowhere to be found. Chase Young played halfway decent in that first half. But, no, you're right. You know, this was – their defensive line was supposed to be as good, if not better, than the last year, and they, they regressed this year, mm-hmm. even though they were a more talented team. Mm-hmm. So, as difficult as it is, it's not just difficult for the players. It is more difficult for them and the coaches, but for fans, too. Like, just get yourself in that frame of mind, you know, when it was like, this is the year, this is the year. Uh, I guess next year could be the year. You know, it's hard. It's hard to convince yourself of that. It takes some time. It, it does. It does. And to that texter earlier, can we move on to Kings? Yes. This is uh, like a reminder every day, like, they came up short, you know. But that's the thing. All throughout the season, this is the year. This is the year. All right, maybe next year is the year. Right. You know, somebody right. put on the YouTube chat, uh, the Niners are – Betting favorites, so you know they yeah. open up as favorites to win it. It ain't about next year. <laughs> it about it's about what happened this year. This was supposed to be the year. Uh, coming up next, you look around the uh, NBA Western Conference. Guess what? Looks like the Dubs ain't dead just yet. With the Drive guys getting ready for the Kings and Suns, Sackdown Sports.